welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 65 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, now have you taken the time to get my free mini course, Time-Saving Tips to End Binge and Stress Eating? I just released it a couple of weeks ago. Honestly, guys, it's really good. I worked months on it. There's tons of really good information in there, plus a free bonus workbook. And I have great news because I have a super easy way for you to access it. All you have to do is text the word time-saving tips, all one word, to the number 1-855-969-5300. So the number is 1-855-969-5300. And you text the word time-saving tips, all one word, You'll get asked to send your email and then the course will get emailed to you. Easy peasy if you're not on the internet right now to go over to the website. If you do want to go to the website, then go over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash time-saving tips. Again, all one word. All right, how have you guys been this past week? I've had somewhat busy couple weeks. And so today's topic kind of came to me because I was working through this in my own head. And I thought, you know what, this is a really important topic. And so today I'm going to teach you a really powerful lesson that I think is at the core of changing your weight loss journey. And honestly, it can change your journey in anything that you're working on if you use this one philosophy that I'm going to teach you today. So we're in beginning of March here when I'm recording this. And we're just starting to get those first tastes of spring. Things are starting to melt during the day. Still can snow a little bit later in the day, but it's so exciting. I love this time of the year when you know that warmer weather's coming. It was actually when I finished my run this morning, it was actually starting to light up. Like I didn't need a headlamp at the end of my run, which is really exciting when you're not like, because in the middle of the winter here, We start our day in pitch black. When you go to work, it's still dark. (laughs) By the time you get to leave work, it's dark again. And then you come home and it's dark. So when you actually start to get light during the day that you're not working, it's so fantastic. And it just helps mood and energy and all that. Uh, So I'm excited that we're starting to see the end of winter coming. And of course, then my brain gets really excited and wants to hurry it. (laughs) I want all the snow to go pretty quick, uh, but it's still going to take a bit. All right. So what I want to teach you today is that no matter what is happening, no matter what has happened with regards to your eating or your weight, nothing is going wrong. I want to repeat that and I want to say nothing is going wrong. And I want you to think and picture what 
you know, we've all had a weight loss journey to this stage. We've all spent time, or generally I expect everybody listening has spent time working on their weight. And imagine if you'd done all that while you held in your heart this concept that no matter what happens, nothing is going wrong. Do you think your whole experience of weight loss would be different? I really do. I think if you can experience anything, you know, all the ups and downs and sideways is that happen when you're working on a big goal and just trust that nothing is going wrong, I think it changes the whole path. It really would give you just so much more of a sense of ease, a sense of peace. It would ease the struggle so much. And that's why I think this concept, this nothing is going wrong concept is can be so powerful. So let's talk about why we feel things are going wrong. And I think this, for first of all, this is a pathway that's really easy for your brains to go down. It's so easy for our brains to decide that things aren't working and things are going wrong. And it's interesting to kind of look at why that is. So partly, it's probably a little bit of a survival instinct that if things feel risky, if things don't seem to be going right, the just assuming it's not going to go right and thinking negatively about it is probably protects us in some way. I think it definitely protects us in the sense that if we feel things aren't working, that concept of things aren't working puts it outside of our control. So it's not that when I think things aren't working, it's not that my actions aren't working. It's that things on the outside aren't working. And I think that's a really subtle shift. And I'm not saying, you know that I'm not saying go about blaming yourself because we're going to talk about that in that this episode too, because that's not helpful. But when you're in this process of habit change and you're trying to make differences to really deeply ingrained habits, accepting that you actually have control in it is really empowering. So anything our brain does to pass the control off and move it outside of us is disempowering. And it can make the process harder. It can make the process longer. It can feel more frustrated because it's giving control away to exterior powers that we have no control over. So anything that we can do in this process that lets us take ownership of what we have control in and uh, really believe that we're in control really helps in the long term and I think is really important. So I think our brains do it because it is easier sometimes to feel that we're not in control. I think our brains also do this pattern of thinking because it's kind of a sneaky manipulative brain type thing is what what do you do when your brain's like, well, we've tried and it's just not working with regards to a diet or losing weight? Well, our brains then say, so we may as well, blah, 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 eat whatever we used to eat and we've been choosing not to eat, eat more of this. You can fill in your own blanks. But for most of us, when our brain says, this just isn't working, so I may as well, it results in us eating foods that give our brain that dopamine 
and give us that short-term pleasure that that part of your brain really is after. But it doesn't do anything for long-term pleasure, as all of us who've overeaten know. When you overeat and or you eat food you didn't plan on, you eat something really sugary or anything like that, how long does that pleasure last for? Like moments, really. Sometimes for some foods, the pleasure of eating that food is actually gone before you finish eating it. But our brain, that part of our brain that's giving us those urges to eat the food doesn't recognize the short-termness of that enjoyment. I think another very real reason why our brains like to fall into this nothing's working pattern is that change is uncomfortable. So changing, and when we're talking about weight, like you are changing a lot of stuff. It's very easy to think that it's only about eating. But it's about eating and that's a good portion of your day when you think about it, like what you eat at the different meal times, what you snack in between, what you do in social situations when food is around, how you entertain yourself, how you deal with negative emotions, all of that relates to the food. So the food is actually a fairly big portion of the change. But you're also changing a lot of other things about yourself. Uh, You're changing what you do in your leisure time. You're changing how you relate to different things happening in your life. You're changing how you deal with things that don't go well. And so there's so much change when you're really doing a long-term weight journey that that change is uncomfortable. And sometimes our brains just prefer us to go back to what it views as comfortable. So your brain views the known as being more comfortable than the unknown. And in this setting, it would be, you know, give up on all this unknown of where you're going to go with these lifestyle changes and all this thought work that you're working on, and go back to the known of what it's like to eat this food, overeat, deal with your emotions through food, Um, and all the other things that you might be trying to change. And again, that's interesting. It it, it relates to that piece of your brain being thinking more in the short term. So yes, in the short term, uh, I was talking with a client about this today. In the short term, if you had to choose which is more comfortable to eat, a salad or a cake, probably most of us, like in the very moment, the cake would be more comfortable to eat. But it doesn't take actually that long from that moment for the salad to actually turn out to be the more comfortable thing. But in that moment when that part of your brain, the primitive part of your brain is looking at the two food choices, it doesn't see what happens half hour, an hour later that afternoon when you eat cake versus salad for lunch. It sees what it would be like to eat cake versus the feeling of eating salad and what would happen in the exact moment. So the comfort it views that cake as being more comfortable or I'm using that as an example, but whatever your comfort zone with food would be is a more comfortable option, but it doesn't see the long-term discomfort that that gives you. And a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about that, about the choosing discomfort, that both roads would have some discomfort, but that piece of your brain thinks about just the really short-term discomfort, whereas the more evolved parts of your brain, the prefrontal cortex can think about the long-term discomfort. So if I consistently eat cake at lunch and I overeat, that extra weight that I carry has a lot of long-term discomforts for me. The, you know, sugar crash that I'd get later in the afternoon from eating the cake has discomfort for me. But in that moment, 
that part of your brain is viewing the very short-term comfort because that's what's known. It doesn't know all the others. And it doesn't know that that primitive part of your brain doesn't know that if you do keep eating the salads for lunch every day and enjoying it, that down the road, there may be really worthwhile things to get from that. Like there may be even more comfort and that eventually eating that salad will be your comfort zone. But when your brain's doing tricks like this, it doesn't know all that. So you kind of have to stay on top of it and teach it essentially, which is what I'm talking to you about today. Because if you let it run amok, it's like letting a toddler run the show. So I always think of this part of your brain as the part that like if you have your kids in the grocery lineup and they want the candy and you say no to the candy and they start pitching fits. Thank goodness mine don't do that anymore. But it, that part of your brain is essentially doing that. You're As you're going through your weight journey, you're standing in a grocery lineup and that part of your brain saying, I want all the candy. And you're saying no, and it starts yelling about at you about why things aren't working to try and get the candy. That's the analogy that I think about. Now, this shows up in a few different areas. The first area that this can show up is weight related. So classic example would be you've been following some way of eating, you've been trying lots of stuff, you step on the scale, and the scale didn't do what you wanted it to. So either maybe it went up, maybe it didn't go down, maybe it didn't go down fast enough because we do that this to ourselves for that reason too. And then your brain pitches a fit and tells you it's not working, nothing's working, you may as well just stop, right? As what our brains do with this, which I, I find interesting because almost everybody I've met's brain does this to some extent. And it's really a thought error because we step on the scale and maybe we haven't lost enough. And so our brain says, it's just not working. So we'll go back to our old way of eating, which we know results in us not losing any. Uh, So it's just an interesting thought error example that our brains use. The second situation that it shows up is binge or overeating. So say you uh, have been following a plan and then you slip and you eat things you didn't plan Or maybe you eat a lot of what you didn't plan. Maybe you keep eating what you didn't plan for a week or more. And our brains really can beat us up about that. They really can tell us we're doing it all wrong. Usually in that setting that there's something wrong with us because we are choosing to eat that food or we are not in control. Again, note that that gives that that external control to something else instead of us having it and being empowered by it. And this can really get you going with quite a bit of cycles in your mind about what you should have, shouldn't have done. Maybe you need to change everything. Maybe you need a different food plan. And I know myself and I know a lot of people I work with, it really gets a good swirl going in your head when you perceive that this has happened. And some people tell me, too, that this swirl can happen even when objectively you haven't actually eaten that much or you didn't eat that much off your plan, but it's all perception. It's all what your brain decides it's going to perceive as too much as what it it will perceive as being an error and evidence that things are going wrong. The third place that this can show up and then lead to eating is other things in your life. So say you have a frustrating day where, you know, patients 
were upset with you, they didn't like something about what you were doing or the office, that then can trigger you thoughts of, you know, things aren't going well, the office doesn't work right, I'm not doing things right, again, can lead to a whole swirl of stuff. And then for a lot of us that then that feeling of something outside of us, again, leads to stress and negative emotions that ultimately end up with us eating more later that day or the next day, which then interestingly, would lead back to that other example I just used where your actual eating then becomes evidence that something's going wrong and nothing's going to work. So it's all, I really picture this as being swirly. (laughs) And I call it that because that's what it's like in my own head, is when this stuff is going on, there's just so many, this constant barrage of thoughts and swirl of negativity, that it's really hard to actually make good choices from that place. It's really easy to make choices you didn't plan on. And this is where I want you to think about what if in all these situations, what if you were able to sit with the situation and still say to yourself, nothing is going wrong? Again, imagine that, like imagine how much more straightforward the weight loss process would be, how much more forgiving you would be to yourself, how much less likely you are to let things outside of you impact your own eating. If you can just think nothing is going wrong here. So I have three tips for you about what to do when it feels like things aren't working. So when you start to get that swirl where your brain's giving you all sorts of thoughts about how things aren't working and how you need to do things differently, maybe you should switch to a different diet plan, maybe you need just need a different approach, maybe you need to restrict yourself more, maybe you need to exercise more, all those thoughts, we all get them. And they really can throw you askew. They can mess you up. um, Because what all those thoughts do is they take away from your consistency. And again, as you if you've listened to other episodes, I've done an episode about the importance of consistency. But when you let all these thoughts, all this doubt, all this confusion start to sway you, it takes away from you being consistent. And then it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy that things aren't working. And that's really the core issue in this thought pattern is if you think things aren't working, if you think back to the thought model that we've talked about before, so the circumstances, whatever's happened, the facts of the situation, and that could be a lot of different circumstances like we've talked about, but say it's the scale has a certain number on it that you don't want to see. If your thought is that this isn't working, how does that make you feel? Because our thoughts cause our feelings. So most likely that makes you feel defeated, Uh, you feel a sense of failure, you feel maybe anxious, there's a lot of different emotions you might feel. But then it's then those feelings that drive our actions. And so if you're feeling defeated, and you're feeling like a failure, how do you think you're going to act around food? Ask yourself, how would you normally act when you're feeling those emotions around food? And really, for a lot of people, you would be more likely to eat you would be more likely to eat off plan. You're probably less likely to do the activities that help you stay on plan, like planning your food and food journaling and things like that. And then our actions are what give us results. So if those are your actions, the result is going to be 
that you, you keep getting evidence that this isn't working. So either the scale's not going to move or maybe it's going to creep up a little bit and your brain will use that as ongoing evidence that this isn't working. So thinking that things aren't working will not help you. If anything, it will hold you where you are. And that's why I want to give you some tips about how to get out of that cycle if you notice it. So what to do when it feels like things aren't working. Step number one is take a few deep breaths. And I tell you that because, like I said, usually in this setting, I know personally there's a whole lot of mental swirl and I've by the time I recognize what's going on, I usually have myself reasonably worked up. And I think that's true for a lot of people having talked with the clients I coach and talking with my obesity medicine patients that usually there's a lot of swirl going on in your head before you kind of recognize what's bothering you. So taking a few deep breaths just to give yourself a little bit of space. Calm yourself down a bit so you can then take the next few steps. Step number two is I want you to pull out a journal. I think this is a place where pulling out pen and paper, not trying to do it in your head because your head is full of that swirl. You're not going to be able to get things sorted up there at this point. Pull out paper, pull out a pen, write down what's in your head. Blurt it all out. Blah, 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 blah. Vomit it onto the page, all the swirly thoughts. Get it written down so that you can see it. And then if you want, you can work through that thought model that we just talked about and look at how those thoughts are impacting you. So if you think this thought, what feeling does it generate? When you feel that way, what action do you take? When you take those actions, what results do you get? And have a look at how it's actually impacting you. Then once you've got it all down and you feel like you have a good idea of how this is impacting you, and you kind of recognize that all these swirly thoughts are probably getting in your way of getting back on track, then step number three is intentionally decide how you want to think to move forward. So you don't have to let that primitive part of your brain run the show. The toddler in the grocery lineup does not have to get its candy, even if it pitches a fit. You can just firmly say that you're leaving the grocery store and you're not buying the candy. All that stuff applies to that primitive part of your brain. So you can intentionally decide how you want to think moving forward. What is most helpful for you? What thought will generate an emotion that is going to make it easier for you to take the actions you need to take to get back on plan? And the thought that I'm proposing that I find helpful for myself and I find it just calms me down is nothing is going wrong. Nothing is going wrong. And if you think that, especially when you first start this work, you may find that you meet some resistance in your brain where your brain's like, well, yeah, things are going wrong because check out this one, two, three. These are all the things that are going wrong. And that's fine. But recognizing and the more you practice it and the more you answer that part of your brain with, yeah, but nothing's going wrong. Because really nothing is, guys. Like no matter what you've done, no matter how you perceive things haven't gone the way you wanted, nothing's gone wrong. It's all learning. If you remember at the beginning, we talked about this as just one big science experiment. 
we're just trying to figure out what's going to work for you as an individual long term in your life. And that's going to take some trial and error. And so if things aren't going the way you want right now, that's just part of the air process. It's a learning opportunity. It's a time to figure it out. But nothing is going wrong. So to summarize, what you want to do when you have those thoughts that everything's going wrong is, number one, take a few deep breaths. Calm yourself down a little bit. Number two, pen and paper. Write it all down. Spew it onto the page. Number three, intentionally decide how you want to think moving forward that generates an emotion that lets you more easily take the actions you want to take to get the results that you're aiming for. And above all, remember nothing is going wrong. All right, thank you so much for joining me today, guys. Make sure you check out that free mini course the time-saving tips to end binge and stress eating. I'm really proud of it. I think it's going to be super helpful for you if you struggle with either stress eating or binge eating and you don't have time to dedicate a huge amount of time to figuring it out. These are my best tips that don't take extra time. As always, I am available to help you one-on-one, which is the most efficient way to get through this journey and figure out your solutions that are going to last you a lifetime. If that sounds like something that would be helpful for you, check out my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab. From there, you can schedule a free introductory session where we get a chance to chat over video conferencing about how I can best help you with what you're struggling with. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to join me. We'll talk to you later. Have a great week.